Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. I am here with my friend Sean Lesher today, and uh, and I'm so excited um, to, to dive in with him. How's it going, Sean? It's going pretty good. How about, how about you? I'm very yeah. jealous of you being out in California, and it's still pretty warm here in Philly, but it's starting to get chilly and I don't know about you, but I'm not getting, I'm not loving the whole, it's dark by 4.30. Oh yeah. I'm super not into that. It's Mm -hmm. really um, impacting my gardening game right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm over here like- What do you garden? Oh, well, uh, where or what? Um, Where and what? Okay. Well, I'm gardening on the side of my bungalow here Mm -hmm. in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. And I've just started with some basics. So I have Swiss chard. I've got some spinach, um, some celery, and then various herbs. And um, I'm about to plant some radishes. So, you know, we're really... We're really just uh, making it happen over here. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so I, I just moved to Philly about uh, end of July. And I've this, my first place was a two month sublet. And the place I'm living in now is a three month sublet. And the, the plan is to live in a place longer term starting in January. Um, I have to find a job first, though. So fun stuff for that. Yay. Yay. Um, so if anybody out there is hiring. <laughs> Well, and I want to actually just take a minute to introduce you to my listeners for those who don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean, Sean and I met in a, in a group, um, gosh, earlier this summer, um, an anti-racism group. Yeah. I was going to say, we you just leave it at, yeah. just gonna leave it out of the group. Leave like, it. Just, just like <laughs> let people like wonder what it is. I don't know. We met, um, in a really awesome anti-racist group. Um, and it wasn't Axiom. <laughs> oh my God. So we did some of that work together and then we just got into some conversations um, outside of that and just started realizing, um, you know, just kind of the places where our lives have crossed paths just in terms of the conversation about sexuality and shame. And so, you know, about a month ago, I was like, Sean, I want to have you on the show. So just to let my listeners in on who you are, um, Sean is a theater artist. He also calls himself a new play doula. Love that. He's an advocate um, for theater arts. Um, he's a community organizer. I know it was just um, your big time helping out with the election. And he's just an overall curious being. Sean to me is uh 
he is just one of the most open-hearted, kind souls that I've ever had, had the chance to, to meet. And, um, and really today, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, we're here to have a conversation. I mean, Sean could teach us so many things, I think. Um, but we're primarily here to just have a conversation about um, sexual shame and and the journey that Sean has been on in in that conversation and the reason i'm so um i'm so passionate about this conversation is because i think you know we're starting to have this conversation for women in the world you know it's a thing like we're actually talking about it and at least from where i sit i i don't think there's enough conversation happening for men around shame around sexual shame. And so I'm totally committed to um, starting to bring that conversation to the world. And now I have my friend Sean here to help me. Thanks for being here. Yay. I'm <laughs> so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a very big fan of you and the podcast and what you bring into the world. So thank you for having me. Totally. Well, so tell me, um, just in light of what we're here to talk about, um, take us back a little, like, where does Sean Lesher, I'm so sorry, uh, where do you come from? You know, like, what's, what, um, yeah, just share a little bit of the beginning of your, of your journey to paint the picture of where you are now. Well, um, if, if we're talking, I mean, I, I could go as far back and say I was born in Elizabeth General Hospital in New Jersey. <laughs> um, but um, in more regards to this, what we're talking about here, um, it kind of goes back to the fact that I was brought up in a very religious household. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my mom took us to the church um, that she grew up in which was a um, Pentecostal church, which um, for people that aren't aware of all the different denominations, Pentecostal is very much like the speaking in tongues and um, uh, like the pastor would tell us not to go to the doctors because you should just be praying for your healing and everything. Mm. And um, hell and demons and the, and the, um, the prospect of burning in hell for eternity was a very real thing to me growing Mm up. Um, and that made me be a very guilty kid for a long time. Mm -hmm. And like when you're a little kid, it's a little stuff like lying or, or stealing something or being mean to your mom or, or being mean to your mom and dad or something like that. Feeling very like believing that those things are going to send you to hell. Mm. Um, when we moved to Pennsylvania, I, we started going to a evangelical church, which, um, wasn't as into like the speaking in tongues and everything, but it was like, I don't know. It was like one of those, it's like, uh, it's like one of those, the pastor wears jeans and we have pizza parties and, (laughs) and we have to, we have to invite all our friends to the pizza parties, but don't tell them that we're going to. We're gonna try well, and convert them to our religion and what what did you learn about your sexuality during that well, time? Like what was the message is, you were receiving? Yeah, this is more coming in with when I was 
So I, uh, I, I, we moved to Pennsylvania when I was going into, like when I was in the middle of middle school. Um, so going to this church and like the conversations about what is going to send us to hell moved away from lying and stealing to now watching pornography and uh, masturbating and um, yeah, like having, having sex with or, or even thinking about Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole idea of like, uh, you're going to, it's, it's a sin to lust after someone. So even mm-hmm. thinking about them in a, in a sexually desirable way is, um, but yeah, I mean, but especially for guys, I mean, I, I know, I know girls, de- the girls, um, in the youth group definitely got much more of the hold your virginity for, for your husband. And if you, if you have sex before marriage, uh, um, your your you lose your worth and everything. For guys, it was very much just like it was weird because it was just like don't have sex because and of course like we I mean like we never talked about um, anything outside of heteronormative relationships because yeah like um, there was like no discussions around that but it was just like in terms of heteronormative relationships the pastor was very much just like guys don't have sex because that's somebody's wife that you're not, you're going to be tainting for them. Uh, Yeah. Um, Well, okay. So needless to say, there was a lot of shame that you Yeah. And I also got this weird thing too, especially with masturbation. It was like, don't masturbate because God's always watching. And do you want God to watch you masturbate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from a very early age, it was bad and frowned upon. Which, yeah. I mean, is is really normal, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think most people grow up with some sort of a story about, you know, about our sexuality and how dirty it is. Mm-hmm. So what was the... Um, what was the turning point for you? You know, I can imagine how that must have, you know, impacted you in your life. Um, and, yeah, what, what was the moment when you thought... Hmm. I want something outside of this. Um, you know, that that actually hasn't, uh, so I mean like those kind of things definitely. And like, and, and when being a teenager, yes, like those urges were of course there. Um, but it was like, like I was a nerd in high school. So like, I wasn't really dating a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, it's almost just like the opportunity for me to have sex with anyone as a teenager wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really that big of a concern for me. Um, and I guess, and I mean, like in terms of like, um, like I definitely went through my, um, my phase, especially going into college where um, like my church was really big, really big into like creationism and stuff like that. So it was just like, like once I kind of like started getting interested in science and understanding that evolution was real, um, I kind of threw it all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then I came back to it in college a little bit. Cause I, it's, it's a weird situation because I, I, I tended to come back to religion a lot. Because, um, and, I think, and I think this is why cults are so successful is because they create structure in people's lives. So when you're separated from them and you're, then when you're in a place of crisis, they, just like, yeah. they like are just like, we're here. We're here for you. We're the only ones that understand you kind of thing. Well- Okay, so so tell me then, what was it that actually that started your journey of your 
you know, kind of coming into your sexuality? Um, what kind of started my journey was, um, to be honest, um, meeting someone I cared about that I really wanted to have sex with. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I was very, in, especially in college, I was very inexperienced um, sexually. And after I graduated and when people found out that like, oh yeah, I didn't have sex at all in college. And they're just like, well, you went to Penn state. That's a party school. You should have been like having it all the time and everything. But it's just like, okay. But it's mm -hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't meet the right person yet. Mm -hmm. um, and when I met the right person that I wanted to explore that side of me with, and I wanted to let them see me naked mm -hmm. for which was a big deal. Um, it was one of those things where it's just like, how could something like this, how could something that feels this good mm. and feels this beautiful be sinful? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. There are still times in my life where I'm just like, where I, I, I fall, I'm like, oh, what if, and like, there's a lot of things that I've like, because, because I still consider myself to be a religious person. Um, I still consider myself to, I, st I still very much believe in God and, um, the Christian God is the one that makes sense to me. Um, it just looks very different than the one I've grown up with. Um, and yeah, there are times where I, 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 I revert back to that old self of like, what if I got this all wrong and I'm going to, I'm going, the doubt comes in. What if I got this all wrong and what, and like I said, I think that's, that's what, that's, that's where, especially in the Christian faith cults come around because they just convince people that without us, you are going to, you, you're like the worst thing you can do for your safety is to trust yourself and trust your own intuition. You mm. need to listen to what we say. We need yeah. to listen to what we tell you. Um, we so need Sean, to, yes. Um, so will you tell me, um, I'm, I'm, really I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Listen. Oh, you're fine. Listen, you know, I just cut right in. Yeah. That's how we do. Um, well, I'm curious. So I'm getting a sense for, kind of where your journey started and then just some of the opening up that happened when you met somebody and you're like, Hey, like I want to explore my sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, so will you just share some of the um, just like the mindsets and the tools that, that have really made a difference for you as you have, you know, continued to open up your sexuality in different, different forms and different relationships. Um, I think a major mindset for me has always been approaching it with a sense of play. Oh, yes. Um, and that's something, <laughs> that is something that, um, so I know this is something that you and I have, I, I have talked about, but um, until very recently, I had not had, I had never had penetrative sex. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to pause here for a minute just to define that for my, for my listeners. So, you know, in the world, we talk about having sex. And, and usually I think when we say that, people think, oh, like penis in a pussy, you know, like that's the common way that it's, uh, or, you know, or any combination of genitals, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so, but when I, the way I look at sex, and I think you share this too, is like, it could be anything and, and penetration, that is just such a small portion mm -hmm. 
of what's available in the world of exploring your sexuality. So I love that you're using that word, or now that you're distinguishing penetrative sex, because that's different than than sex, which could be any number of explorations. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I, and I feel like I feel like society. Uh, well, yeah, definitely me. I, I put the idea of um, since I, I mean, as as a as a a straight person, um, I put the what real sex is is my penis going into my partner's vagina. Right. Um, that and and like anything else is just like fooling around, or mm. but like but that's but until that actual act. I, I have never had sex before or, or <laughs> yeah. in order to have meaningful sexual relationships, everything has to be building up to that. Right. Like, and that's, that yeah. is, I want to put a period on that too, because mm-hmm. it's such a, I think it's a toxic thing. Um, like just that we have through our cultural conditioning, you know, which is like, Oh, everything's got to be building up to the main event, mm-hmm. which is like my, you know, your, my cock goes in your pussy and it's two trains that are just like, you know, charging towards each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And every, everything, everything else we do, even though it is the stuff, like even, even if the stuff we do outside of that is, I mean, at least for me, like I love going down on a partner and I love just, I love just, yeah, just, I love the whole, I, I loved, and it's like, and I'm just like, yeah, why can't that, that be, like, this could just be one of the things we do. Right. Well, tell me more about what play in sex, what that means for you, what it looks like, what it feels like. Um, well, it's, I've only really been, so, um, I guess in my most recent experiences have been the times that I've really been exploring the play well no another experience too but it's just like it's like it's being silly it's it's not trying to put on a show it's letting our bodies be what our bodies be um it's it's i don't know farting in bed and just like just being like just like like just being like doing yeah just like doing yeah, just like accepting like, hey, this is our bodies. We like each other. Um, we like each other more for what's inside these bodies than what's on the outsides. But what's on the outside is pretty great too. So let's let's have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, tell me about a time when you had a lot of fun recently in sex. Hmm. Um, or like even like a favorite moment. Well, you know, like yeah, I had a partner and um, we did we did sixty nine for the first time, and it was just super awkward and super. <laughs> um, uh, it's like one of those things of us like oh one of us might lose our balance or it's yeah. it's just like it's I don't know it's it was a lot of fun but it's just like it's just funny to it's just like funny looking back at like yeah we had to like work and like <laughs> try and like make something like, like it's it's not it's never as it's never as um uh, effortless as it looks in porn 
Right. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you just for your generosity and even just sharing that little snippet Mm -hmm. um, because that's the thing I really want people to hear, you know, is if you just bring play, anything could happen. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that was awkward. Oh, wow. We tried that. That was kind of weird. You know, I mean, one of the biggest shifts for me that I've had in this whole journey is just relating to my sex as a science lab, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, wait, anything, anything could happen if you just get curious, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much in the world about like putting an expectation on everything. And I think that takes away from people being able to create it the way that you suggested, which is just like, oh yeah, that was kind of weird. Okay. Let's try something else now. Yeah, but, but like it was, it was, it was weird, but also like, it was weird. It was a lot of, and like, okay, I'm trying not to sense myself because I know this person yeah. might, might be listening to this. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't, and I don't want them to be like, like it was yeah. weird when we did that. I'm like, yeah, totally. no, but it's just like, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think that was what was so fun about it. You bring it up. Like it was like an, ex, it was ex, a science experiment. Um, and it was just like, yeah, I've never done this before. So let's, uh, Um, and like, and then like, I think in our situation, there was no pressure. Um, because I've, I've, um, um, I was, I was open with my partner about like my, my lack of experience and also, also the insecurity I I've had with other partners of just like being like, like, yeah, we would have the fun stuff. And then all of a sudden it would be, let's put, let's put on the show. Yeah. And, and if I couldn't come, I was kind of like, it was, uh, it was like, it was just, yeah, I, I, I internalized it as me not doing something good. So I kind of like looked at it as like, Oh, well, why? And I don't want to hurt this person's feeling. And mm-hmm. so to have it to, so with my most recent things to have a partner where I think we totally just like agree with just like, we're going to try this out. No expectations. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and I think, and, and something else we also, uh, I can't remember if it was you or it might've been some other podcast or book I was reading, or I can't remember what it was right now, but it sounds like something you might've said, but, um, it was just the idea of like, in sex, we can't depend on other people mm. to, to get our gratification. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something I would say. And... <laughs> And, um, I think we talked about, and like, and I'm very much like, I don't, I like, I am not emasculated in the bedroom. So like, if I have a partner and she's just like, Hey, um, can I finish off myself on my own Mm -hmm. or, or can I do most of the work and you kind of help me out with it? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not one to be like, like, what is wrong with me? Bad, bad man, bad man. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, you, you do you. Yeah. Um, and I, well, think, and yeah. I want to pause you there for a second because it's I, I want everybody to hear this mm-hmm. that I really hear that you're just so willing to to really be a partner with mm-hmm. your partner and hear you know hear her and make adjustments and you know when she set, makes a request or says something you don't make it mean something like that you're bad mm-hmm. it's just that oh yeah okay we can just adjust that. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a different. huge yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like, and how could you know until you're just practicing with somebody? Right. 
<laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Well, um, so tell me, um, you know, I can imagine, you know, men and women listening to this podcast, hearing about your journey with, with shame. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd love to just hear what advice you would have for someone in just having these conversations with their partner, you know, saying, Hey, I got some shame around this thing, or I don't really know about that thing. Like, what would you tell people that are scared to have these conversations with their partner? Well, and um, shout out to my amazing coach, um, my amazing life coach. Uh, can, can I shout, can I oh, shout yeah, out my name? Oh, yeah, Hi, hi Annie Contesano. If uh, anybody is looking for an amazing uh, life coach, um, please hire them. But um, yeah, that's, this is something we work on a lot where... Um, my my kind of attachment to what happens when I ask for something I need mm -hmm. and I don't know how someone will react. Mm -hmm. um, I think um I think I think um separating ourselves from that attachment of someone else's reaction mm. is a big part and all but also like looking at it as like and looking at it as more, um, not like a worst case scenario. I mean, I guess sort of a worst case scenario thing. You can look at it that way, but it's like, just more like what's, what changes, what changes if I do say something mm -hmm. and I don't get the answer I want. Mm -hmm. And then what changes when I do say something and my partner is receptive to it. Mm. Kind of like weighing the options that way. Um, well, and I, I mean, think, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a specific example for something like that. Well, I, I want to, I think the thing that you're, that I hear that you're saying is, is really, it's just about having the conversation. You don't actually yeah. have to know all the answers, mm -hmm. but it's just about bringing right where you are to your partner mm -hmm. and, and trusting, like trusting yourself and trusting them that like they can meet you there. Right. And it's, and it's and it's great that um, this most recent person that I, I had sex with, um, we we just happen to be really great friends who have known each other for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and if the sex stopped, or or if we never well, and or if we, I mean, and obviously, like in COVID times, like uh, it's tricky. So like where we've been like trying to figure out like the whole yeah, all of that. So I mean, like. Uh, yeah, it's probably been about a month since we first had sex. Um, and if we don't again, she's still my one of my best friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and what would you... Um, well, I, the thing I want to reflect is just the way you speak about your sexuality now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you've clearly done a lot of work around this, you know, to come from where you came from. <laughs> like... <laughs> in a Pentecostal church to just being a guy who's like, yeah, you know, I'm just in the process. I'm on my journey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how half the time and I'm just trying things. You know, I just love, um, I just love the way you are, the, the facility that you have now just with being able to speak about this and it's not common, you know, in the world. Um, so what would you say um, are, just a couple of the things that have been most useful for you as you've been like working through the shame, the years and years of shame 
Um, finding finding like-minded people who have also mm. decided to embrace their sexuality and not walk away from their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I grew very much grew up in uh, a background where anyone who didn't talk about God and Jesus exactly the way our pastor did was mm-hmm. wrong. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, those are my people now because we're just on this journey together. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a great book out there by Nadia uh, Bowles-Weber called, um, uh, called Shameless, um, which is just basically, so Nadia Bowles-Weber, she's an incredible um, author, speaker, pastor, um, and she kind of grew up in that same purity culture, evangelical, um, abstinence-only background. And she wrote this incredible book um, called Shameless, which is just basically like reimagining what a healthy sexuality could look like while also in, in while also uh, by framing it into like, yeah, you can be a Christian and also accept yourself as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think definitely talking, I think definitely um, connecting with people both like through books or podcasts and also people in my own life. Like I've, I've gotten to be friends with who have been on that journey. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and like, and to be honest, like I would never have found those people if I didn't, if I wouldn't, if I, if I didn't at first say, Hey, this is what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's so like, much. um, it might be Brene Brown, but it was just like, um, something like, I just remember Brene Brown talking about something and it's just the idea of like, like shame thrives. Like when, like we're, when we keep quiet about in it, the darkness, and when it's shame thrives in the darkness. Yeah. And, but when we, when we, when we open it to the light, when we talk about it with other people, like it just loses its power. Totally. Yep. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I think the thing you said, yeah, just about being in community and finding like-minded people who can support you. I mean, this is just something that I am talking to my clients about all the time. You know, I'm like, who's on your team? Who will get up under you? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you really can't do this work in isolation. No. And it's, and and, And you want to, (laughs) yeah, you can't do it in isolation. Um, And also like, yeah. Like I said, it took me a long time to stop going back to my toxic church environment whenever yeah. I went through like a time of crisis and like, but yeah, we have to, we have to, we have to look at who are the people and who are, what are the, what are the, the especially the ones that it's hard because I mean, there's people that I used to go to church with that I still care deeply about and I think about them and, but I'm like, you're not good for me anymore. Yeah. Totally. Ah, well, in light of this whole conversation about masculinity and shame and sexual healing, um, tell us about your desire for the world, Sean. Oh my gosh. Um, my desire for the world is um, just spaces for men and men and boys, especially boys, to talk about these things mm-hmm. and, and be and be encouraged to speak their feelings. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I think, I mean, um, the lack of conversation around consent, um, especially in the high school and middle school is a, is a real problem. And I think, I think we need to have those conversations with men, both about respecting women's autonomy, but also can we, can we talk to them about they have options in this world and not falling down certain scripts? Mm. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I always remember this story of, so I used to teach middle school theater. Um, and I remember one of my students coming in and she was like an eighth grader and she was like, it was like the eighth grade farewell dance or something like that. And I remember her telling me, she's like, Oh, well, I got to go to the dance with this boy because he keeps asking me and oh, I, I just have to do it because he's like, he's, um, he won't leave me alone and, uh, he's being nice and everything. So I just have to go with him. And I remember telling her like, yeah, you definitely don't not, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But now looking back, I'm like, why didn't anybody ever take that boy to the side and say, Hey, you don't like, she, even though you're being nice, and it's not okay. Um, Because I think he was still, he was probably getting the same messages I was getting at that age, which was as long as you keep being persistent and if you, and and as long as you're, you're nice and polite to them, they're going to say yes to you eventually um, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's what you deserve kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I see so much possibility in the teaching young boys about the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we just, we don't often distinguish between toxic masculinity and divine masculinity. I've actually never heard that term divine masculinity. Do, would you oh, mind going I just more into it? Like masculinity from its highest and best. Yeah. Not the like, yeah, all the toxic stuff that you're talking about. <laughs> it's almost just like, I, I think you bring up a good, yeah, it's like, it's the, we don't give them another option. It's either like, you're either a toxic masculine, but we say like, hey, don't be a to- don't be a macho yeah. jerk. Or but we don't give collapse. them another model. We don't right. give them we collapse model. like toxic masculinity with masculinity and yes. then give masculinity a bad name. <laughs> I, I I agree with that. And I think and then I think like I could teach that from my after school drama program, but what they're getting from their sports team. And even, yeah. even from, like, even from their church, I mean, I mean, at least the church I went to are, are the whole idea of, of, um, biblical masculinity was a big thing. Yeah, and it totally. was, it was, they were t- really teaching us how to be the strong moral, moral grounding of, of the, of our relationships. And, um, and as long as we're, we're going to get a, we're going to get a girlfriend as long as we keep, um, staying be as long as we keep working on ourselves i'm like yeah i'm just like well why aren't we working on ourselves to be better people yeah totally Um, but it's 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 one of those things of just like it's not going to happen until we until we admit it's a problem yeah until we name it totally well, thank you so much. I love, I love your vision of like equipping boys with this work. It's so mm-hmm. important. Um, well, 
As we as we um, start to wrap up, any any parting words for people in the world who are working through sexual shame and and like coming into themselves? Um, don't do it alone. Talk to people about it. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Take it from yeah. someone who who did do it alone. It's lonely. <laughs> it's destructive. Yeah. Um, unnecessary. And it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, so I know you document a little, uh, some of your journey on Instagram, right? I do. My Instagram is kind of a, a, a mishmash of culture. I love, uh, arts and culture. I love a lot of theater talk. Um, uh, there's lots of pictures of Philadelphia cause I love the city so much. Um, but there is also like, like you can go on there and, and find a picture of the first of course, edited for, but I, I got a, um, I gave a gift to myself this summer and I, I commissioned a artist to draw a, a nude of me. So Wait, let's uh, just get more clear. It's a photo of your butt. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. So there's two things. There's two things. Um, there's the photo of my butt, um, yeah. that I took at three o'clock in the morning when I was living in New York. Um, and I'm just like, you know what? I have insecurities around my butt, so I'm going to take a picture of my butt. And, um, but then I did, I did take a picture of myself naked, yeah. and I sent it off to someone to draw, and they sent it back, and I did post that there too. That was pretty terrifying, actually, yeah. just because I do, uh, I do like like worry about like, oh, who's going to follow me and. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's, I was actually talking to a friend about, I was talking to them about this interview um, where I was like saying like, you know what? I'm real, I'm a little nervous. Like I'm still hearing that, that voice in the back of my head, which always sounds like my mom because that's yeah. just how moms work. Um, of just like, well, what if a future employer finds this and they won't, I'm like, and then, but I remember her telling me, she's like, well, do you want to work for somebody that would like, <laughs> That would that would judge yeah. you for being your full honest self. Yeah, totally. It's like yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a bold move to put yourself out there like that. And I just want to honor you and acknowledge you for for doing that. You know, in a way that just most people wouldn't. Um, it it really um, just having you as an out loud player in this mm -hmm. arena, I think, creates approval. Uh, for anyone. So thank you for your generosity in sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Totally. And uh, what's your Instagram so that people can yes. follow you if they want to? Will you put it in the show notes? As I well? will. I will. Um, it's a private Instagram. So um, uh, I'll know if, if you follow me from this show. Um, <laughs> so follow, follow Kaylin first, and then I'll know that you're not just some stranger. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's uh, at Shauna Turgy, so S H A U N A T U R G Y. A little play on dramaturgy, which is uh, what I do in theater. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm, that's probably where I'm the most active uh, on the social medias. Um, my my account is currently locked though, um, because apparently you Instagram says that I I shared my info with uh, some kind of website that gives 
me likes or followers. And I've been like trying to tell them like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, this will be out yeah. in probably like a month or so. So you've got I, I will be unlocked by then. Okay, great. All right. Um, Sean, thank you so much for your generosity. It's been such a joy. I adore you. Adore you. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye, friends. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.